All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Life IQ podcast, where the goal is always to learn something. I'm excited today. A um, couple reasons why I'm excited off the bat. First of all, we're, we're starting a new question. So we're diving into a new question uh, for the next few episodes that is really going to be tons of interesting and very intelligent conversations. The second reason I'm so excited is that the guest that we have on the show today, what can I say about this dude? When I, when I think about one of the most routine people I've ever met in my life, someone that has such a high life IQ, let me say that, he has a high life IQ, um, and someone who, when it comes to just coming up with new ideas, working on them, putting them out there, um, he's, he, there's no match for, for this guy. So uh, looking at this question, I had to call one of my boys up. We've been friends since university. We both live in Toronto. He was actually my very first roommate in Toronto. Uh, he took me in at his parents' crib for about a month when I first moved to the city. Um, and we've just gotten really close over the past couple of years. So very excited. Uh, very pumped to have this conversation with the one and only Rayhan Memon. Rayhan, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate the uh, the generous intro and uh, one sec here. And uh, yeah, no, wish I had a high IQ, but I'll settle for a high life IQ. That sounds good as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy when it, IQ on every level, Rayhan. I feel like you're you're really high up there. Rayhan is also an engineering graduate, so. Uh, one of the most intelligent people I've ever met and really excited to to hop into this question with him. But before we get into all of that, Rayon, how's life? What's going on with you? Oh, life's good, man. I think something we'll probably get into uh, quite a bit throughout the pod is a uh, big thing I'm working on right now is just part of the Next36 Accelerator. So that's an accelerator here in Toronto. Takes 36 people, uh, usually around their 20s, a whole different range of people, grads like myself, some people still in uni, some people out of their PhDs. And for about a year, they support you in building uh, building your ventures, usually technology-based. And that's where I'm at at the moment. Been doing that for the last uh, six months now. Really loving it. Yeah, that's dope. And we'll definitely spend yeah. some time talking about Next36 and all the cool stuff that you're working on. Um and, and one thing in our friend group, we all roast Rayhan because Rayhan is a very routine person. Um, he's like, I think bedtime's 9.30, wakes up at 5. Uh, can you just tell us what your routine is right now and also why you choose to live oh, your life God. in such an insane fashion? Well, actually, it's it's a way less routine right now because of NBA playoffs. Okay. I'll be honest about that. That's been ruining everything <laughs> so much. But usually, steady state uh, since last three weeks and then you can project that back for the last like about 12 months is uh wake up around five or six usually was a lot more consistent when i was working a job but nowadays it's six um then it is a couple of hours of machine learning so i'll just get up and while my mind's at its most fresh i'll just like pick up a textbook that i'm working through right now um or a course or whatever it's uh it's usually when my willpower is at its maximum. So I try to use that for like the grimiest tasks that I have, which is typically learning something. So I'll do that. And then I split up my work day into like two work blocks. First work block is four hours, takes me to around uh, 12 to 2 p.m. At that point, um, I will have lunch, I will work out, I'll meditate, take my afternoon supplements, and then two not two around yeah around two or three o'clock to six to seven 
I will uh, do my second work block, which is another four hours. And then after that, it's journaling. And uh, and then I'm free to do whatever I want for another two or three hours before I go to bed. And and those work blocks are, are those different things that you that you have. Um, I, I know we've talked about this before, but just to give some context, like how do you schedule that? Is that through a habit tracker? Are you putting actual blocks into a calendar? How are you keeping yourself accountable to that schedule that you set up? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Uh, so I played around with a lot of different things. I tried time blocking through my calendar originally, which is is quite helpful. The only thing is that it does change. Of course, people will call you, send you texts, uh, maybe meetings will come up, what have you, and that will disrupt things. So now what I do is I just set a target hour, number of hours that I want to work for, which is let's say eight good hours. And that is a timer that's on my computer. And it pauses anytime I need to check my phone, go to the bathroom, eat lunch, anything like that. Anytime I'm not sitting down and actually working, that timer gets paused and it just counts down to uh, down to zero from eight hours. So I'll usually aim to get that first four hours done within one block. Don't always get there. And then the final four hours in the in the second block, whenever I do that after working out in the afternoon. And have you found that that's that's been working for you uh, so far? Yeah, really. It really has. It's also nice because you never really know how productive you actually are. And it helps you set good expectations. I think a quote from Tim Ferriss, who a lot of people will be uh, will be familiar with. He's kind of like the paragon of productivity. Uh, great podcast there as well. Um, he says well, that which is measured is managed. And I totally, totally agree with that. I used to set very unrealistic expectations for how long activities take me or how long I can reasonably work in a day. But when you feel like, oh, wow, everything went really well today, everything lined up perfectly, I kind of had a perfect day as far as routine goes and discipline goes. And you look at the timer and it's like only eight or nine hours, you start to realize, okay, there's a ceiling on you know, how much you can actually get done. We all work with the same number of hours a day. There are certain things that everyone has to do, like eat, rest, uh, go to the bathroom. And yeah, it, it helps me set very realistic goals now. And it helps me track how productive my day was. True. That's dope, man. And it's funny that already five minutes into the episode, you're already shouting out other people's podcasts on my podcast, but <laughs> I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you get away with it. Um, but that's an interesting tactic. Honestly, I've, I've never yeah. um, heard of someone who's who's just set the timer and, and let it count down um, and, and pausing it when you take all these different breaks. I'm glad to hear it's working for you because obviously right now you're not working like a traditional nine to five where a lot of the work that you're doing is self-directed. So being able to put things into place that will help you keep yeah. yourself accountable is super important. Getting into getting into the question uh, for this episode, it's the first conversation I'm having around this question. Uh, and the question is, am I smart enough? You smart. It's kind of like an internal reflective question that I've personally asked myself when I'm working on on different things, whether it's in my workplace or doing ideas on the side. Sometimes, almost like imposter syndrome, you feel like, am I really cut out for this? Especially when it's your own idea that's brand new. Um, so really, these conversations are just about how we ideate how we develop those ideas and come to a point where we feel confident of like putting them into the world for other people to criticize and critique. So for yourself, I know you've... Jeez, dude. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to cut in and say like I I'd originally, I remember originally when you were brainstorming the different themes of the, the first season of this pod and what you were going to do, 
the final segment was more just generally around ideas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, that'd be a great place for me to jump in. You had talked about that before. But then you sent uh, sent some of the some of the preamble my way on what to expect, and I saw um, "Are you smart enough?" And holy cow, man, that's a lot to unpack for uh, for someone raised by immigrant parents, as I'm sure you know. So uh, <laughs> I am I, I I think that that theme idea is just a brilliant one for like uh, for people in the stage of life that we are. So mm -hmm. uh, you know, kudos to you on that. I'm excited for this one. Uh, I really appreciate that, man. And and yeah, you were like one of the people that was top of mind. Uh, because since I've known you and I think we only really became I only really became aware of each other, I think third or fourth year of university, uh, we moved in similar circles, but it might have been actually going into fourth year where I, I reached out. I remember I came by the Hatch office for context. Hatch is like this entrepreneurship center on campus that, that Rehan was one of the directors for. And we had a conversation and, and that's when I really started getting to know you. And since then, man, you've you've done so many different ideas you had. You launched a fashion brand at one point. Um, you've worked on a couple of different apps that you developed. Uh, you've put out a couple of newsletters and, and now you're working on your other business that we'll talk about. So my question to you is, how do you get to a point where you're like, this is an idea that I have? Are you more cerebral in that approach? Like you think of a problem and then you think of the solution. I know a lot of people, that's kind of how they ideate. Or is it more just like you randomly you're hit with an idea and you're like let me jot this down and see where this can go like what does that process look like for you yeah it's it's way more the second thing but i wish it was the first thing because that's the that's the right way to do it uh the way that it works for me really and just to narrow the scope of this question and and all others that i'd be answering uh, relating to ideas like i always think about it in the in the context of startups because that's just the thing that i'm fascinated with that's the thing i spend most of my time thinking about and since third year, the way I went about it is uh, always just making a habit out of ideation. I used to actually have it on my to-do list because I always keep a daily to-do list. Um, it it would be one of those things I had to do every day, which is come up with an idea. And I think that's a, a good way to go about it. Generally, your brain is a muscle. It you know strengthens with use. It atrophies with disuse. And anyone who's done math, I know you have like mental math kind of fades after a while. It's a similar thing. So for <laughs> me, it used to be post-it notes um, on my wall, but living in a, a sticky okay. basement, um, it was, it, they would often fall off. So it, it ended up being a, ended up being a, a phone note now is, is what I do. But I just made a habit of every day coming up with ideas. And I remember the first idea I ever came up with was turn signals for a bike, just absolutely horrible they're all horrible really like, <laughs> mo most are most are quite bad other dumb ideas include like uh i mean iot patio furniture that reacts to weather forecasts so when it's about to rain the cushions go in automatically the umbrella goes down um the funny thing is the funny thing is sorry to, to cut in right yeah, there we were just having a conversation about how um how weather is like the most unpredictable thing ever yeah and remember we were driving we were driving recently and you're like Weather is like a thing that humans just haven't figured out. Like it's really just no. a flip of a coin at this point. So it's yeah. funny that you were thinking about patio furniture that would react to that. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like if you're not checking your weather like 30 minutes out of whatever activity you plan to do, you're not getting an accurate reading. You're just not. But you're on a different level than me. You're checking the UV strength and all that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, oh come on, man. I'm checking. I'm checking air pressure, wind directions, UV strength. I'm checking hour by hour forecasts in different cities. Yeah, you know, I'm just different. 
No, oh, man, you're uh, you're uh, you're playing checkers. No, chess. That's the thing. I'm <laughs> playing checkers. All right, I get. It. You're smart. That's what I'm trying to say. But anyways, for uh, point being, I come up with a lot of stupid ideas. But the first way that you described, which is identifying a problem and then trying to come up with a solution for it. That really is the right way to do it. Um, and now I really do focus on tracking inconveniences. So I don't have it on my list at the moment, but I used to have it on my list that instead of tracking an idea every day, it would be something that I noticed in my daily workflow that could be sped up or could be improved or totally automated. What is something that I would actually pay money to simplify or completely get rid of? And those are really the ideas that are worth writing down. Even if you don't have an idea for it immediately, what's just an inconvenience that you'd like solved, that's more an opportunity. So I'm trying to make more of a habit out of that now. So, so is it fair to say then that some of the ideas that you've come up with in the past aren't really out of like a, a personal desire for the idea, or it's more just having some sort of a solution for things that are going on? Um, or has it been a mixture of, of that and, and some other factors? Oh, you're, you're, you're spot on, man. That's like the, the ideas that you're familiar with me having chased down are actually two perfect examples. One was the application that I built for our fraternity, um, mm -hmm. in, in university, it was called my chapter. And that was essentially an organization app directed to Greek organizations, fraternities, sororities, something that helped them manage their membership. And you know, that was a little better of, of, a, of a solution, in my opinion, because I actually personally experienced the problem. I was part of the management team for that fraternity. I was the vice president, so I did have some unique insight there. But as you'll remember, I just showed up to a chapter meeting and said, uh, hey, I built this app and you guys should download it. So I didn't talk to anyone about here are the problems we're facing. Like, do you right. agree that this is a problem? I didn't try to get any validation with an MVP, a minimum viable product that, hey, here's a here's a low cost, easy way for me to test if if what my solution that I'm proposing actually works. I just spent six months coding like every day, every morning before school and every night after class to build this app. And it was the perfect example of a solution in search of a problem. Built it over mm -hmm. six months. We used it for two weeks. That's it. That's what happened with it. <laughs> um, so that has been my approach historically. And I think that it's probably most potent with the clothing brand that I know you wanted to touch on. So I'm happy to do that now if you'd like. Yeah, I mean... Um... I, I, I mean, you know me, like I, I love, I love fashion, uh, not in the sense of like anything too crazy, but I, I just like, you know, being on top of like some of the latest trends and, and also being maybe a little bit more explorative and the kind of clothes that I wear. Um, so I, first question, and let me talk about a bit more is just, why did you start a clothing brand? Because I would say for you up until recently, you're not really a dude who pays too much attention to yeah, just fashion. say it, man. Just say it, man. I can't dress myself. You're, yeah, you're not that fashionable. I was trying to be, I was trying to be like, <laughs> you just don't have the drip. Let's say, let's just put it like that. Yeah, so, dude, I, I wear, uh, I wear Fruit of the Loom underwear with holes in it. Like we all talk about this. Let's get it out in the open. Okay, well, Rehan is is being very, very transparent. Um, but yeah, why did you, why did you start that clothing brand? This is definitely the opposite of what anyone should do. But really, it was more just me seeing an opportunity not to not to serve a specific group of people, not to solve a specific problem, 
just an opportunity to make money. I was always interested in startups, uh, always interested in, in starting a business. That was always something I wanted to do. And Shopify seemed like an excellent opportunity. I was really fascinated with it at the, at the time. And for anyone who's been living under a rock and doesn't know what Shopify is, uh, basically an e-commerce platform that makes it possible for anyone, even a single individual to run a store without a brick and mortar presence, without setting up a distribution network, and without even having inventory uh, in some cases, which was my case. And it could have been anything. It could have been candles, it could have been clothing, it could have been whatever, but I chose clothing just because I was like, huh, people care about this. But yeah. uh, no, man, I'm, I'm not a fashionable person. Uh, it wasn't the right idea for me. And I definitely made a lot of mistakes through that process that um, that I think are quite that I think are quite instructive for other people. First thing that I'll just uh, that I'll bring up actually is, I think it wasn't you, but some of our mutual friends bought uh, bought a couple of um, articles of clothing. My family bought a couple of hats, and I decided to take that as validation. You know, mm. oh, these people that love me have have bought some stuff. This yeah, is clearly dude. working. This is clearly invested worth investing in. So I was like, huh, people are buying this, people like this. So I ended up spending $2,000 on inventory. Oh, man. So I bought, I swear, man, I bought like a bunch of shirts and sweaters and hats in bulk just to improve my, uh, just to take advantage of economies of scale. Oh, no. And yeah, none of it moved. I, I um, invested into Instagram ads, none of it moved at all. And wow. eventually a, another mutual friend of ours, Rafi, he liked the brand he liked the logo he yeah. liked the mission everything like that he was like do you want me to take it over i was like oh my god please, please. just here you go i gave him my inventory gave him the logins to the website and everything i was like this is yours i i don't want to do it wow anymore. that's insane man i mean it i, I actually yeah. love that that you did that and i i love hearing your thought process behind it um because even though you sunk two thousand dollars into it um that you didn't see again and, and you've talked about making a ton of mistakes i think just that process of building something from the ground up even though like you said it, it was easier than it it might have been building other ideas but just the mindset of like okay what what do i want to do what do i want to accomplish how do i get that done finding a partner to be able to print those designs uh, and then you know even if the purchases came from friends and family still just having that feeling of getting something done um i think i think that's pretty cool and actually i do i just realized so for anyone who's who's listening um, I'm, I'm also recording this and I'm on video call with Rayhan, but my closet's right next to me and I do have a, a Northern Purpose shirt, um, that I'm about to pull out the closet just to really? show you that. Yeah, man. Oh my God. How did you get your hands on one of those? Did you buy one? Man, it's really important. You gotta support your people, man. So I think this was after <laughs> Rafi took it over, uh, in 2019, I, I copped a shirt. It's a really nice fit. It makes me look mad muscular. So, you know, I, I still wear it nowadays. It's important to support your people, but um, I love I love hearing about your process with that idea. So moving forward, I mean that was university days, and there's been so so much time since then. Um, if you could pinpoint one idea that you're like, wow, this was, I can't even believe like I came up with this because this idea is so good. Like, what would that be? <laughs> oh, geez, I uh, I actually have a pretty wacky answer to this, and. I if you don't mind me taking you on a bit of a trip, it'll be a bit of a loopy way of answering it. But if it doesn't work out, post-production exists, right? Man, let me let me put my seatbelt on, man. I'm ready to go on a trip with you. <laughs> okay, okay. So 
the way that I look at this is if you've ever Googled one of your ideas and seen a profitable business pursuing that idea come up, then you've had great ideas. Like that's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. I'm sure it's happened to many of your listeners. I came up with the idea for Uber. No big deal. No big deal, man. I came up with it first. Ignoring those ideas, the ones that we know already exist, the ones that you've come up with and then independently looked up and they exist. Those are the ones you can you can tell are good ideas based on the success they've seen. But all the other ideas, the ones that are truly novel or at least the ones that you know I haven't seen a business for yet, it's impossible to know uh, which one of those is actually a good idea or even you know which one of those is the best. And the reason is uh, exponentials. And bear with me on this. So let me ask you a question. Um, Lake Huron. Let's say I wanted to cover the entirety of Lake Huron in lily pads, and I'm going to double the number of lily pads that I put down on Lake Huron every single day. Day one, I put down one. Day two, I put down two. Day three, I put down four, so on and so forth. And let's say it takes me 100 days to cover all of Lake Huron in lily pads. How many days did it take me to cover half of Lake Huron in lily pads? So you said it took you 100 days to cover the entirety of Lake Huron in lily pads? So how many days did it... Oh, it took you 99. Yeah, it did. And that's... Most people get that wrong. It is quite unintuitive. Like, a lot of people get it wrong, and even when people get it right, they're kind of unsure. Like, it's just unintuitive, and you wouldn't have expected that. So the second question I'll ask you... And this is where we start to loop back to my answer to your question is, do you agree? Oh, that we're, still technology on the, we're still on the trip right now. We are still on the trip, man. Did you take your seatbelt off? Sorry, bro. Let me re, let me just refasten that real quick. Come on, man. Safety first. So, yeah. Second question. Do you agree that technology is progressing at an exponential pace? I do agree. Yeah. And there's a lot of data for it. Moore's law is the common example in computing that a lot of people will turn to. But yes, technology is advancing at an exponential pace. So if you agree that that's true. And you also agree that exponentials are fucked and very difficult to understand and very unintuitive. Then you can also agree that the future is completely unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what ideas are truly good ideas until you Schrodinger's cat open up that box. Um, And that's why when I speak to venture capitalists today, we've been able to speak to quite a few through the accelerator that I'm a part of. And I myself have met with four firms so far. They care about three things. And none of them are your idea. One is the market size. So whatever problem you're trying to address, how big of a market could that possibly be? So I'm trying to make a babysitting service for single mothers. How how much could that be? How big could that market be? And if you're looking for VC money, you're looking for a market anywhere in the billions of dollars or more. Typically, firms aren't going to fund you for anything less. Second thing is traction. Um, so what have you done so far? Uh, is there some positive social proof that what you're doing is working? Have you built a product? Are there users, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then third is the most important one. They'll all, they all say it's the most important one and that's team. So essentially for the problem you're trying to solve, are you the most credible person to solve it? You're trying to build a biotech startup. Do you have biology experience? Do you have a research background? All that stuff, like what pedigree, what experience, what unique insight do you have that makes me believe that for the problem you're trying to solve, you're the person to do it. And that's why when I think about ideas, I think that 
what makes a good idea and my best idea, I think, is the one that I'm working on right now. They're ideas that you are a good fit for. They're the ideas that like you are uniquely positioned to succeed at. And I think this podcast is a pretty good example in your case. Like you are like anyone can come up with an idea for a podcast. Anyone can say, oh, I'm going to talk to people about like interesting questions. But you are known to be in our friend group, a very charismatic person, someone who is quite introspective and, you know, thinks about things on a deep level. And third, like you just, you have the network to bring people in and have these conversations. You are a good fit for this idea. I might not be, and a lot of people definitely won't be. So that's uh, a very roundabout way of answering your questions, but I hope it was interesting. Man, that was, that was a fantastic answer. Um, it was definitely a journey, man, because I thought you were about to say, um, based on the, the starting point of your answer, like there's no such thing as a good idea until basically you're able to see what it would be in X amount of time. Um, but just the way you phrase it, like a good idea is an idea that you're a fit for. Um, I think it's a beautiful answer. And, and I think even just thinking about this question on a deeper level and thinking about young people who are starting a bunch of different ideas and not they're not always startup based ideas. It might just be like, I as a person really love this thing. Henceforth, I'm, stand, I'm starting this project. Um, but I think the confidence, which we'll talk about in a little bit, comes from the fact that, you know, like I am the best person or one of the best people to do this sort of thing. Um, and I think that that's something that people can definitely draw from and just use as a little bit of motivation to be able to push their ideas out as they're going through this ideating phase. Yeah, you got it, man. I mean, I would definitely say just if you want to, you can come up with a hundred ideas. Do not be afraid to write all your ideas down. Definitely do. But for the ones that you pursue, definitely answer, ask that question to yourself critically. Am I the right person for this idea? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, but I still want to pursue it. How do I educate myself? Because in the case of the fashion, to bring it back to the brand, like like you said, I barely know how to dress myself. <laughs> I'm not a fashion inclined person, which is why I naively thought I can pay somebody else to screen print a design on a Gildan shirt mm. and somebody's going to think it's cool. Mm. Like that's not something that somebody who really has the intuition around fashion or has worked in the industry would ever think. Right. But I wasted time on it because I wasn't a good fit for it. True. I like that answer, man. Um, so we're, we're going to switch gears a little bit. So far, it's been an amazing conversation with Rayhan, Food of the Loom, Memon. Um, but before oh, we kind of get back into these questions here, we're just going to segue into the celebration of life segment. Uh, and this is basically a short shout out to someone that might have impacted your journey or someone that comes to mind when you're thinking about the question that we're tackling today. So Rayhan, as my guest, I'm going to let you go first and then I'll give my shout out after Okay, sweet. I, uh, I did think a lot about this. Who I'd like to shout out is my boss. I'm not going to say his name, but the first boss I ever worked for right after we completed the Venture for Canada program, my first full-time job out of school. I worked for a consulting firm and this guy uh, on both a personal and a professional note has really impacted me. On a professional note, he showed me how to take a hypothesis-driven approach in everything that you do, which is critically important when you're evaluating an idea so we can touch on that more later if you want but on a personal note um he showed me what good mentorship looks like what compassionate leadership looks like and why a growth mindset is so important when you're building a team and trying to build up a team a lot of the time you don't have the luxury when you're starting off of 
getting the best people for a job. You need to truly believe that you can build people up into what you want them to be and what they want to be as well. And this guy was the best at it. And I, I couldn't recommend more to a young person listening to this to prioritize finding good mentors wherever you work. Mm. That's dope, man. Yeah, I remember I remember when you were working there and you would you would talk about talk about this guy and, and just like everything you were learning in a very high stress environment, especially coming straight out of university where me and you were like, man, we were coming into the workforce like we were God's gift to all startups everywhere. Um, and I think we both had a humbling experience, yeah. but just having like that really strong mentorship definitely has an impact. Definitely. Uh, my shout out is not, not that deep or serious as you. So recently I just ordered a new pair of glasses and I um, was leaving the store. I just gone to pick them up uh, and I had like sunglasses on and there was like an older woman uh, walking towards me with a cane, like an older white woman. Um, and we kind of made eye contact. We were both wearing sunglasses, but I just like looked away and kept walking. She's to my left. Um, so it's like the, the road, her on the sidewalk, then me and then a bunch of storefronts. So I'm walking straight and then this woman like stands in front of me, kind of cuts me off. Um, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, was I rude in some way? Like, do I know this person? Like, I don't really know what's happening. Uh, and then she like leans in and she's like, do you play basketball? I'm like, what? Um, and it was like, not like a what, like I didn't hear the question. It was more just like, did this woman just stop me on the sidewalk to ask me if I, if I hoop? She's like, do you play basketball? I was like, oh yeah, I do. Like casual, I didn't say casually, but I was like, yeah, I do. She's like, oh, I could just tell that you play basketball. Like I've seen you before. And I was like, I was like, I appreciate that. I didn't really know how to feel um, just from what she said. <laughs> But then, no, listen, listen. But then I was walking and I was like, that's just a compliment to the work I've been putting in the gym. You know what I mean? She saw me. She was like, this guy is built like he could be in the league. So shout out to that old lady uh, for boosting my confidence. This was on a Friday, too. Had me feeling nice. Um, a little bit of like assuming, probably based on how I look. But also you boosted my ego a little bit. So I appreciate you, old lady. All right, couple reactions to that. First, um, <laughs> appreciate you being able to make the most out of any situation. Just going to leave it at that. And uh, second one, I kind of bared my soul in my shout out, so maybe we can change it. Shout out that UPS man who delivered my Nike shorts. Like, I don't know why I went so deep when you were going to talk about <laughs> someone saying you look good like you hoop. No, but I, I, I feel like my last few shout outs have been very deep. Um, so I was like, how can I switch it up, make it a little bit lighter? Um, but honestly, like I've been thinking about this, this encounter with this lady for the past four days since it happened. So I feel like she's had an impact on me. So I just want to give her a shout out. Man, that's dope, man.